Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of History of the MCU, the podcast that covers anything and everything MCU related. I am one of your hosts, Jake, but you probably know me as Lord Anarchy. And I am your resident Scarlet Bitch, the Sanguinous Sorceress, Jenny Mack. <gasps> oh my God, I love you so much. <laughs> All right, so spoiler warning, uh, this is a rewatch podcast, so we'll be potentially talking about any of the MCU movies, one-shots, TV shows, tie-in comics, and this week we will be covering the first Phase 4 release, the first and second episodes of WandaVision. Yes, oh my god, both of the intros for both of the episodes were fantastic. The Marvel Studios intro with the 50s title at the end, uh, chef's kiss, Mwah. I loved it been so loved it it was so good and that's one thing that that we'll talk about at the end of the episode is should this have been the first phase four release and they should have they potentially dropped all four or all nine episodes at once rather than doing the weekly release i think we probably have a similar opinion on that but i can see both viewpoints especially with this weird and suspenseful as this show is going to be but i don't want to spoil the the last conversation yeah, I'll be I'll be uh, interested to hear people's takes on yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Which brings us to uh, we want to thank some folks before we jump into the episode. Oh man, I mean just just everyone in general. We've gotten so much support. Um, the response to the first episode has just been like wildly overwhelming. Um, we hit numbers that we thought we weren't going to reach for like months. Um, <laughs> so it was just super duper cool to to you know I people on Twitter know that I've been talking about doing a podcast forever, so it's just was a pleasure to to finally be able to get it done and and do this with you, and I'm just really happy that people like actually for real enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, it's it's it's. I'm pumped. I'm super grateful. I can't believe it. I, people are really excited. Yeah. Of course, you know we're always gonna have the friends or ride or die. They're gonna tell us the sun shines out of our ass no matter what, but. But uh, yeah, it feels really good. We're super excited. We're going to ride this high. Yes, definitely. Keep getting bigger and better. Yes. Um, So like if you ever want to like contact us or reach out to us, questions or anything, you could reach us at historyofthemcu at gmail.com or you can shoot us a DM over on Twitter or Instagram. We uh, had a couple of questions that we got from the Discord this week, and that's one of the great places if you want to stay just like in tune with everything we're doing and, and get to chat with us. You should definitely um, shoot us a DM over on, on Twitter, and we'll get you the Discord invite. It's been really fun. Yeah. It started blowing up with a quickness. It was, yes. It, like you said about our numbers, even that. Yep. Just, uh, yep. I think we've got... Really organically got going, and it's, it's really fun. I watch. think it's 30 or 35 people in there right now, and they're are usually throughout the day at least like... 10, 15 people in there that are really interactive. I mean, it's been really cool to see all my like Twitter homies that like I've known on Twitter for like ever. They're all like linking up and I can see them like their tweets and like talking to each other on the timeline. So yeah, yeah, it's super, super duper cool. So that's, that's been a lot of fun. Also, we're going to do some rewatch parties on Thursday nights. We'll start between eight and nine Eastern time. I'm not positive yet. It's Thursday. Thursday, is that right? Yeah, Thursday yeah. before uh yeah. division drop. Before the yeah, before the yeah. Yeah. And so we'll we'll do that and then we'll be over we'll be over in the Discord chatting up um just some live reactions like as we're watching the episode. And then we're also talking about potentially doing like a similar thing on Saturday nights for uh at least the rest of quarantine. Um, you know, right. people until you guys have better stuff to do than hang out with us. Yes, exactly. But those will be we'll probably start with some like other like hero related movies, but we'll get to a point where we just kind of like 
really watch whatever. Maybe have a few drinks. Who knows? Yes. See how it goes. Yeah, I'd love to do some drunk anime rewatches too. So because I know you got to get me on some anime stuff anyway. So that's something yeah, that we could. There's a lot of space for a lot of fun nerd shit. It... Yeah. So definitely, definitely come and come and hang out in the Discord. We're definitely gonna put together a Patreon. Uh, some special episodes, early releases. Got a chance where we might do. Um, if y'all have ever seen Drunk History, does that come on History Channel? Drunk History is comedy. Oh, it's Comedy Central. There you go. There you go. There you go. I think it's still on Hulu. Okay, word. But yeah, we might do some. We might do that with uh with like some MCU movies or like just like take like a, a year like in universe and talk about the stuff like as we drink. Oh, that that's a cute face, Jenny. <laughs> there's something. There's something floating on my giant false lash that looks like a feather duster. Oh, no. And it's poking me in the eyeball very aggressively. <laughs> I got it. Good, 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 good. <laughs> Queen of the cute face. It's another one of my titles. But yeah, Jenny did a review that we're going to have posted on historyofthemcu.com. It's really good. I've already read it. It's pretty much spoiler free. So even if you haven't really seen the episode yet, it'll give you a good idea of what you're getting yourself into. Because I do think that may be one of the potential issues with the show is is that it's so weird and suspenseful that if you're not like invested in Wanda or Vision a whole lot and you're just kind of like a casual fan that you may not make it through the sitcom episodes to get to the really exciting portion, which is definitely that person's loss because the episodes have just been laden with Easter eggs and stuff. So to miss out on those would be would be selling yourself short. And then like when we get to the end, it's just going to end real crazy. But yeah, so on Patreon, like I said, we'll have a Patreon in the coming months. We'll do some special episodes, possibly some drunk history of the MCU stuff, reviews of non-MCU superhero movies and some regular movies, early access to episodes. Jenny does like super dope artwork, so they'll definitely have that over there. There are some things that like she started and, and didn't really all the way finish that Boba Fett and Fennec one. So even like things like that, that oh, she's come. Yeah, things like that. And then we'll have some outtakes and bloopers there are plenty of those jenny can tell you from the beginning of this episode that's why she did the intro because i for the life of me could not do it here to add value babe (laughs) uh some extended cuts like last week i think we left like what was it 20 25 minutes on the floor yeah something like that so yeah more raw episodes yeah video too because we have video we're recording for all these but have yet to just get that up somewhere for y'all to consume it And then I think we'll probably do special Patreon Discord channel. Like the Discord will always be available to everyone, but I may, I will make a lock channel for people on Patreon as well too. Yeah, for sure. We'll probably start giving access. We um, actually didn't do the recording of of a pre-recording this week, but we did chat a little bit. We may like put the recordings up on Patreon. So I mean, we've got a a lot of options that's in, like I said, in the coming months. So we'll keep you all abreast to all the developments with that. The best place to keep up is over on Twitter, Instagram, History of the MCU. But yeah, so I mean, Jenny, like I said, she wrote a review that was like super good. I definitely, definitely think that y'all should check that out. It'll definitely be posted over on the Twitter account and probably over on Instagram too. But I don't want to speak for Jenny because she runs Instagram because I don't understand it. <laughs> I I need to do more over there. It's it's so easy to just doom scroll mm-hmm. when I open the apps these yeah. days that I, I need to do my productive thing and get out. So this is my commitment to everybody, <laughs> mostly myself. I'm trying to do the same thing. If you don't see me like as active on Twitter on the weekends, it's because like I'm taking a break from that. That's shit exactly as... me too. Sometimes I just need to hibernate and recharge. Yep. Yeah. But uh, to everybody out there, it's been a fucked up year. Yeah. Yes. I hope 
that we're coming out on the other side of it, but be nice to yourselves. Yes, 100%. It's been really hard and every, everybody's been through a lot. Yes. So take care of yes. yourselves. Be nice to yourselves. Yes. Don't beat yourself up if you need a day to do jack shit. A hundred, a million percent. Or a week yes. or whatever. Whatever. It's good. It's all good. But yeah, so let's, uh, let's go ahead and hop into that first episode. Um, let's do it. Like I said, the intro. Oh my God. I love the, the, just the Marvel Studios intro being back. Uh, my heart. When those strings strike up, it just instant full body chill. Yes. I love it so much. I may have shed a tiny demon tear. Oh, it's been 18 it really months has. It's been so since long. we had an MCU release. We so haven't long. seen anybody since Spider-Man Far From Oh, did you see the, the, um, Spider-Man 3 set picks? No. Uh, yes. Okay, yeah. Yes, I did. I'm excited. I'm excited. You've Tom Holland with his mask. <laughs> but he, I saw a picture, I think, I don't know if I retweeted it or not, but it was him on the set of Homecoming and him on the set now. Like, yo, he's, <gasps> he's starting to look like a grown man. And you can definitely tell in like his earlier appearances, appearances that he was like way younger. Yeah. Well, he was like 22 when they cast yeah, him. Right? Something like he that. Still look like a baby. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's fixing to get another trilogy, which will largely probably spin out of this WandaVerse stuff. Will, or excuse me, WandaVerse. <laughs> WandaVision will. Well, that too. Will, um, spin out into Spider-Man 3. And that's probably how we end up with that multiverse Bifrost kind of thing. Spider-Man. Yeah. That allows people to move through the universe and that'll set up Tom Holland being able to go. Spider folk. Yes. It, yeah. Oh yeah. Cause we got Spider Woman coming too. We got Spider Woman coming too. Got a little Miles Morales action. I heard they may have already cast uh, the actor, but they haven't revealed it yet. But they have who they want to play Ooh. Miles already locked in. So there could be potential for a, a Miles Morales post credit scene in Spider Man Three, and that may kind of tease a Spider Verse movie. And so I think that Sony and Marvel are gonna completely extend the deal that they have. He's gonna show up obviously in Spider Man Three, and then another Marvel property, which is probably gonna be an Avengers or a very large team up movie. But I'm pretty sure that we'll see him bounce back and forth between the sony universe and the mcu and that the next trilogy i think we're gonna get three trilogies with tom holland personally the next one would be him in college and that'll follow him the same way we followed him through high school then at that point you can do adult peter parker and if the mcu is still going 10 12 years down the line the same even if it's 50 percent less popular than it is now that still means that they're making like 500 million 700 million dollar movies pretty consistently uh which is a viable franchise so you get to an older peter parker and that allows you to do some really new and different things that haven't necessarily been done in the comics or have been done like the alternate universes in the comics so wandavision sets up a lot of potential for a whole lot of stuff because it really just it i mean it's gonna open up the multiverse here at, at, at some point but yeah i love the intro the wandavision theme song is great the way they pull up in Westview, the car is perfect. Vision doing his little uh, phasing. phasing. Yes, I could not think of that word. Yes, the way he phases and drops her at the door. <laughs> so good. I love that they kick it right off with the cute old school 50s sitcom slapstick. I read a little article, so I'm going to reference the Dick Van Dyke show a couple okay. times, but I guess they sat down with some of the showrunners. Oh, wow. Show. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So they discussed how they shot yep. things and how they were able to pull off certain things and still feel organic. So that's why they approached physical comedy the way they did. They said it was never something that couldn't happen in real life. And for this, it's never going to be something that couldn't happen in one yep. vision. Yep. 
that's one of my favorite things is like I think superhero sitcoms are like my new favorite type of TV show because the slapstick 50s and 60s stuff was great in the first two episodes. I'm really excited to see what we get. I also think that we may get seven episodes of sitcoms and they may do the 2000s and the 2010s separately. So that means that eight and nine would be the crazy like like the end game for this show and I, I I don't know I thought I had a theory but I could poke too many holes in my theory I, and I just I I don't know I have no clue what's gonna happen we'll get to some of the theories that we do have here in a little while but overall I just know that it's gonna open the multiverse up and that's really all I got at this point <laughs> Yeah, that's all that we know, like, for sure, sure. But we'll, we'll be talking Easter eggs and things that could be clues or they could be classic Marvel misdirection oh, well, meant to drive us crazy. What a segue. For example, I thought that the speed limit 35, yep. that the show might be something. Like, I'm like, what happened in 1935 in the MCU? But that's the thing is, I think that show is meant to breed that paranoia and suspicion because... Mm -hmm. Wanda and Vision can tell that there's something wrong. Wanda obviously has some control over this reality, but is choosing to ignore real life reality for some reason. What the reason is, shit, I don't know. But it's a reason. And she doesn't want anybody messing with her. So I, I think that that's intentional by the, the showrunners is, is to put Definitely. that paranoia in you and to make you look at everything. Does this mean something? The mailman, he makes a funny look. One of the guys in Discord, he made a comment that, yo, the mailman is the villain. I don't know why he just. Yeah, the mailman's the first guy we see in Westview. That's what he I was like. He just do. gave us a funny look. And I think there's something suspicious about him. So he's the villain. I don't know who the villain is, but he's it. <laughs> Well, then we debunked it because Vision wasn't in human form. Yep. So yep. Hiding yep. That's the thing is, is same the next, like, um, in the kitchen scene when we get there, they talk about flying saucers. Is that a reference to the end of Endgame or Infinity War when Thanos show up, show and, and company show up, showed up? Oh my gosh. Shoot up. What is shoot up? Showed up, um, <laughs> in the ships. And I mean, they called him, I think Tony makes a joke at some point and calls him flying saucers. And then, I mean, we get the plate smashing Vision's head and, she says my husband's indestructible head and I'm just like... And then she repairs the plate on the spot too, much like what Thanos did after she had to, di you know, destroy <sighs> his head. Sad face. Yeah. Sad face. So so that's the thing too, is there are a lot of things that feel like they're building that timeline. Yep. And I, I also wonder when we move from building the timeline to showing us what's really happening. Yeah. So, and like outside of this bubble. What happened to Wanda after Endgame? We saw Wanda at Tony's funeral and she seemed like she was in a good place when she was talking to Hawkeye, you know, looking out over the lake. They know that we won. But what happened after? Because I mean, that's the thing is who does Wanda have? The Avengers aren't together anymore. Hawkeye is back with his family. Petro's dead. Vision's dead. Cap is retired and old. Nat's not around anymore. So who does Wanda have? So it seems like she's going to end up stewing somewhere in this grief. And you and, and one of my other friends on Twitter, Tatum Tot, have really turned me on to the idea that Mephisto is probably in this and yeah. he's doing something, but I don't know what his overall like goal is. We'll get to the thing that makes me almost a hundred percent sure that Mephisto is in Okay, word. But it's a little bit later in the episode. Okay, perfect. So I kind of wanted to perfect, try to perfect. Keep it a little linear just for other people's sake. It's, but I, that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you think you have something and then question what you think you know. And then something's going to happen in like the fourth episode that is just going to ruin like every theory that's out there. Yeah. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> 
And I love that. That's what's fun. And that's why it's also fun to have these theories recorded because you can can flex nuts when you're right. We were talking about the first scene. scene, Yeah, them in the kitchen. Talking about breakfast, basically. Yes. He says, I don't I don't eat food. Then next episode, doesn't he eat something and and shit goes to hell? But yeah, so they're talking in the kitchen. And this is a little confusing because Wanda says, I'm doing my best to blend in. So they're aware that. Yes. They're off. Yes. At least. So how aware are we here? W- which will unfold. That's rhetorical. But And I mean, that's another thing is they don't know what the 23rd is. And then Vision goes on this whole spiel about how he can't forget anything. Like he literally can't do it. Y'all still know that you need to blend in, but you don't know what's going on. So they're in the dark, honestly, just as much as we are. Even if Wanda is controlling this reality, she has to play the part or it starts to fall apart. And it kind of seems like as we get towards the end of this episode that when you do test Wanda's reality, Mm -hmm. something bad happens to you. Yeah. When she breaches the fourth wall. Yeah. Yeah. At all, it seems to... Hit the fan. Yes. But yeah, so the, the 23rd, I do like your idea about what that date could mean. Here's another Easter egg. Is it an Easter egg or is it a clue? I mean, we're free to assume it's a clue, I think, because it was such a pivotal point of the plot. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I came up with a couple different guesses. I really like the first thing you had here where this is possibly the date that Vision died, yeah. the date of the snap, or it could potentially be the date of Vision's resurrection. Mm-hmm. Especially right after we see her put the plate back together. Yep. What we're seeing in the reality right there could be what Wanda did after Endgame. Yeah. So. Vision got his head destroyed, and then she, after Endgame, she goes and collects his body, and she can put his body back together, but she can't reanimate him. She can't, one, she doesn't have the Mind Stone, which was obviously a critical portion of him, and I also don't think that she can make souls. Yeah. She can make realities and do stuff with the multiverse, but I don't think she could make Vision. Yeah. So there's a potential for her hooking up and making a deal to bring Vision back. The same way she brought the plate back together, she did the same thing with Vision's head, so she's got Vision's body, but needs a way to animate it. There's potential that that's kind of the catalyst for this whole thing is it just an easter egg because there's 23 marvel movies right that's another great point go ahead you jump in the the comic stuff you got in here because i really do like this yeah so this was a theory i borrowed from the internet we'll make sure that we do show notes and and have links to people's twitter that we talk about and links to these articles and stuff so that you can actually go and look at them too so you can see them in their totality yeah i saw this article i thought was really interesting so August 23rd in European format, it's 238. So Marvel Comic 238 does feature a revival of Vision. So his injury was something that we wouldn't have seen in the Infinity Saga. It's in a different storyline. Yep, yep. But it essentially culminates in a battle of Monica Rambeau and Vision versus Moonstone. So when I read that, and I had seen another theory floating around on Twitter that Moonstone might be in play. One of our friends on Discord, I think he's Papa Discord. Whitlow on Twitter, yeah, said that he thinks that Dottie may be a Moonstone. And I, yeah. I, that's a very interesting thing because if... Monica does have her powers and Moonstone has powers already. That could potentially be why Monica and Dottie are less affected by the trance. It appears that Wanda has put the regular people of Westview in. So that was something that I didn't know that it had some little like comic Easter egg date references in here too. That's interesting. That may give some more... Some more credibility to that. And so there's this big there, this big thing. Again, I don't want to go through the whole thing because the MCU mm-hmm. and the comics are loosely based. Yep, or whatever. Yep. But they also speak about 
Vision is attempting to break through an energy field created yep. by a magical character that threatens Earth's existence, which is basically why S.W.O.R.D. exists and what this article is saying that we are assuming S.W.O.R.D. is attempting to do in WandaVision. I do think that S.W.O.R.D. in the comics is not the same as S.W.O.R.D. in the MCU right, right now. right, and they did say that. And so they've changed the acronym in the comics. It's Sentient World Observation and Response Department or Division. I don't remember which yeah. one. And then in the MCU, it's instead sentient weapon yeah so it, it looks more now that they're more geared still towards earth and that sword is becoming the literally the new shield and that they're in charge of tracking and possibly diffusing powered people if need be mm -hmm. and i think that does give a little bit of credit to the idea that there are more superpowered people because of thanos snap and that energy that was released and that's what our buddy was talking about and said monica may not be the only one who got powers like that from right. thanos snap Snap, so. Well, then Tony had a snap, too. I wonder if that comes into play. Yeah, if that releases another big wave of energy. And that's also when the entire population is back. You know, when Thanos yeah. did his snap. Oh, shit. So nobody probably got powers when Thanos snapped and disappeared everybody. But when Tony snapped and released a second energy burst and you were already on Earth for the first one, that doesn't mean that obviously half the population now has powers. But if you had one of those underlying things or if you're caught in that second energy burst. There could be a million different ways that an energy field could imbibe them with powers. Like I said, I, I really was working under the assumption that Monica was going to gain her powers in the show, but it's also just as plausible, and honestly, with the change in the acronym SWORD, it's probably a good chance that there are more power people on Earth in the MCU now, so it would make sense for SWORD to be focused on that, but I do think that we'll see SWORD grow into the sentient world organization. Yeah. SWORD will start as just the new shield, but then grow into something way bigger. Sure. You've got his tie on here. That's actually a thing. We're talking about the little icon on Vision's tie. So we have my notes in front of us. He wears a similar tie in the 2015 Tom King comic run. So it's just a cute little Easter egg, probably. They said that they're adapting part of that line, too. And in that one, Vision has a synthoid family. Yeah, it's Viv and... Viv and Viz, I think, are the kids' names. And Grim Reaper shows up in that. There's a Grim Reaper Easter egg as well in the second episode intro. But yeah, back to the episode. Vision goes to work. I'm curious to see how Vision functions on his own. Mm -hmm. Is he his own entity? Is he his own person? Or does he just do what Wanda tells him to? Right. And so we'll get to Vision at work here in a minute. But while Vision goes to work, Agnes shows up and I love her so much. I also love Catherine Hodge. She's Olivia Octavius from Spider-Verse, aka my wife. Oh, I love you so much. Oh. You'll have to fight me for her. That's Jenny. I don't hit women, but I will knock you smooth out for Olivia Octavius' hand. If we both agree to a duel for a reason, then you have full permission. Bang. There we go. All right. I love her so much. She's fantastic on this. It's amazing. Breezes in. Oh, it'll be a gas. Yes. And her... <sighs> Her mouth, like just her smile is, oh, iconic. She looks like a toothpaste ad from the 50s. Like she's incredible. Her, just the physical acting as well. Y'all can't see me. I'm doing the thing that she, her flourish when she walks out the door is, oh, yes. oh, I love her so much. Ah, oh, so much. So immediately she mentions her mother-in-law, which I got such a kick out of that joke. My mother-in-law was in town, so I wasn't. <laughs> Just a perfect, cute little, we're already kind of feeling like an absentee, like a detachment from the husband. It's pretty immediate. Yep, yep. 
Uh, she waltzes right in without an invite, so we know she's not a vampire, at least. But oh, I love it! I love it! I love it! Charmed. Oh God, right? I love right. Charmed yes. is one of the first. So Wanda Charmed. Like, is she now? Did you just put a spell on her? Because we know that I we think she's a witch. We you you brought this up. We think she's Agatha Harkness. We talked about it in the last episode. Check out the first episode. It's really good. I've listened to it like three times. Yeah, yeah, me too. Oh my God, listening to myself is so weird. I, being being the nosy neighbor sounds fantastic. I wish I was rich and, and could be the nosy neighbor and just like popping on people like, hey, what's going on? What's she doing? That's kind of the aesthetic I'm working towards. I did recently admit to myself and everyone on Twitter that I'm here because I enjoy being at an arm's length from drama. I saw that So tweet. mind your business while I mind your business <laughs> because that's all I'm here for. Oh my God. And that, yo, that is Agnes like 100% to a T in this right now. And so that's the thing is, does she have autonomy and she knows what's going on or because she has powers, she doesn't fall as deep into the trance as everyone else. So is she saying that she's charmed by meeting Wanda? Is this, she put a charm on Wanda to make this reality or to keep Wanda stable in this reality? Or is this her subconsciously saying, yo, you put a charm on me and now I'm stuck in this reality? I don't know. I don't know. I also just need to say that I noticed her cameo pin or brooch, Mm -hmm. however you want to coin it, but she wore it in both episodes. I'm pretty certain you're you're correct, but she has it on for the most part throughout. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's not charmed and keeping her from losing her shit in this reality, whether she went in of her own accord or if she's with sword. I think she's with sword. We'll talk a little bit more later on about why I think she's in on things. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that, but it, it wouldn't be surprising if that brooch is is something that's a magical talisman that allows her to keep her sanity in this sitcom reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had to make a note on how to goose your wife so you don't lose your wife because we love the cheeky, spicy, yes. old school sitcom humor. Like you still can get your little uh, sexual jokes in, but it's in such a cute and endearing way. Oh, so good. And I have to wonder if she ad-libbed any of this stuff too. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Because a lot of the sitcom stuff, especially the earlier ones, were shot in front of a live audience. And so... They may have augmented it some with laugh track, but a lot of that laughter that you hear is like in studio laughter. And I think that's a really cool addition when you're trying to get that authentic 50s, 60s, when they still had live audience shows. And the 90s ruined everything with laughter. (laughs) Yes. And so I think that they'll make a big spoof on that. Yeah. So, so we, uh, we cut from Agnes goes next door to get the magazine and then we cut to Vision at work. Vision super speed is brand new. That's not something we've seen him ever do in any of the MCU movies. He can fly. It's not surprising that he has super speed, but it's not something that we've seen before. So if Mephisto reincarnated him, if Nightmare reincarnated him, did they give Vision speed intentionally either to pass on to the kids or was it just a side effect of reincarnating him? Right. Is it similar to Wanda and that being in this reality has opened up his power set all the way and he's always had super speed just never really had a reason to use it but it's definitely something this is the first time we've seen vision do the super speed thing i didn't realize that he's we see him in typing super fast at the computer productivity up 300 percent 
while Yakety Yak is playing, and I know obviously it comes back up a couple times, but I was just thinking this as we've been recording. That song is like all commands. Yes. And Vision is a computer who runs on commands. Like I said, I want to watch Vision when he's away from Wanda because yeah. what kind of autonomy does he have? Jumping ahead to the commercial real quick. The first thing I saw when that commercial ended and it started going beep, 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 and they were talking about Stark Industries, I was like, oh damn, her and Petro in the rubble staring at a, at a bomb that killed her parents. Yes. Yep. And by the way, it's Toastmaster 2000 and that bombing happened in the year 2000 in the MCU timeline. So. Bang. So, um, like, I definitely think that the commercials are the trauma that she has experienced seeping through into her reality. And that's why they come as commercials because she doesn't want to acknowledge them. And so they're buried in these in these infomercials. And they both have these rhythmic sounds. So the beeping of the toaster and the ticking of the watch, which could be I made a note later on uh, about hypnosis or something or some kind of a trigger like an inception it could that could be a way that sword is trying to break in because that's one of the things i also noticed in the first commercial was when the light starts beeping it turns red and that's the only color up until that point in the episode yeah i'm just very very curious about what exactly the infomercials what exactly they are yeah, I saw somebody said uh, they think the people in the commercials might be her parents. Yes, I did see that too. Because it's the same actors for both, right? I've also seen the potential for them being sword agents. And they're the ones that are trying to figure out a way to at least break into Wanda's mind to like warn her that she's made this reality. That whatever is happening is happening. Yeah, and and the, the the rhythmic beeping and like you said, the ticking of the clock both really lead to that hypnosis inception kind of like ordeal. So I'm really curious to see what other kind of commercials we get moving forward and if those kind of confirm yeah. this idea that it's the trauma from her life like leaking in. But yeah, let's hop back. And so he's at work super fast. This is the first person with the exception of Agnes, interact with Wanda and Vision is the guy at work doesn't have awareness of what's going on. He's just completely in the reality. I just made a note that he seemed particularly Stepfordy and doe-eyed. We saw Agnes, who we kind of assume has some autonomy and some agency because she's leading Wanda with the things she's saying or asking her. Yeah, or we'll get, trying to get her we'll to get more into that later in the episode. I mean, the dinner scene yeah. is like a big, a big example of that. Vision's trying. He's asking yep. questions. He's like begging for information and this guy can't him anything. And that's another thing is just again, like Vision said in the kitchen, he doesn't forget things. Yeah. How do you not know what's going on? Like, obviously that's what starts to lead him to realize that things are a little funky. And then is that when Mr. Hart comes out next? Yeah. And he seems to be like super grounded in the, the reality. And I don't know if that means something. Also, we better see Deborah Joe Rupp in the 70s episode again because if you don't have oh, her please. in the 70s episode when she was on that 70s show, oh. just what are you doing? What are you you doing so incredible with what we got to see it we'll we'll talk more about her i think that the hearts will be a, a consistent presence throughout a couple of episodes definitely think so mr hart when he he meets vision seems to be like very much grounded in the reality and thinks that he has like a whole like obviously life and existence in this place starts asking vision about does he have any skeletons in his closet i don't have a skeleton so <laughs> Betany and Olsen together are magic, but Betany by himself is just Ugh. 
fantastic. He's a comedic genius. I really adore him. This is like an MCU property. This is like nothing we've seen before. Oh, he's the first MCU actor to be in three different decades. He was Jarvis in Iron Man in 2008. He was obviously in all the movies throughout the Infinity Saga as Jarvis and Vision. And then he's Vision in 2021. It's really cool that he's gotten to do that much stuff and that he grew from doing three or four hours worth of work for a movie into vision. But yep, no skeletons in his closet. That's another thing. Is it a clue? Was it just for fun? Is this talking about Vision's death? It made me wonder, is Vision technically still accessible via computer and we just need to try to reanimate him somehow? Without a stone, potentially. That is very curious, because Ultron is probably the same way. I wouldn't even be surprised if we get, at least at a very minimum, like an Ultron Easter egg reference in like one of the commercials or something, but I wouldn't be surprised if we just don't get like a whole on Ultron appearance again. Yeah, the cut. Some of the comic notes I was reading led me to believe he might make a comeback too. Which would be kind of cool, because like you said, the Age of Ultron aged really yes. well. I definitely think that Ultron should have been a... a at least a two-movie arc, rather than just showing up in Age of Ultron and then being destroyed yeah, in that. They really could have developed him in the threat he posed. I think you should have made him what the ideal was at first, to be the peacekeeping thing and to see him actually doing that for a while. But as he gets more autonomy and more intelligence, he starts to question. He sees the Avengers, you know what I'm saying? Save the day, but destroy some shit. So like, yeah, y'all did a good thing, but there's also a lot of death and destruction from this. So like, are y'all really even the answer? And then he wants to evolve into something better. So since we didn't get a two movie arc with him, I think it would be, I think it's very probable that he does come back at some point. So, I mean, this would be a great spot to at least lay the foundation for that if he doesn't have a full blown appearance on the show. But I definitely think Ultron will be back at some point in the, the near future in the MCU. And then, yeah, it's, it's curious that Jarvis... I gotta stop calling him Jarvis. That Vision works. I mean, he is. Yes. It's it's curious that Vision works at Computational Services, Inc. Mm -hmm. What, like, what the fuck even is that? So is that one of the things where, like, Wanda has subconsciously made this reality and Vision's a computer and she's really like a 19 or 20 year old and doesn't understand real work because she grew up in Sokovia and then became an Avenger? Grownups just go to work and type on the computer all day. And that's why no one can answer what they actually do there because if Wanda is even if she's being manipulated into making the reality she still made the reality and she doesn't have the knowledge of a corporation how it runs so it's curious to see if there are going to be other limitations like that on what wanda's knowledge is and then i also think that's why her reality is a sitcom because that's one thing i think we'll dive into and one of the things we get into the the dinner scene here is the sokovian um the sokovian greeting right <laughs> Oh, man, I love that so much. I love that so much. After classic sitcom classic tropes, movie. yeah, where... Sitcom spoof. One party has this idea, and this other party has the other idea, and they keep saying things that make it seem like they're both on the same page, but then, oh shit, we get to the event, and everybody's doing the wrong thing, which is exactly what happens at dinner. And so, yeah, the, the dinner scene is the first time we get Wanda and Vision together with other people from the reality that seem to very much think that they're in this 
that this is their life. So yeah, the the physical Kami is hysterical. The guess who trick also reminded me of Wanda sneaking up behind everybody and, and giving them the the visions and fucking with their heads. But yeah, the slapstick comedy is great. The my wife is from Europe. Uh, that was the first, and that's the first Sokovian reference. Well, I guess if you take the infomercial as potentially being Sokovian, this could I guess be the second one. But it's the first time they're showing awareness of where they came from. Exactly, and this is the first time that we've seen it in conversation where again where I think the infomercials are probably like her subconscious leaking through their actions are obviously driving the reality so this is the first time that they acknowledge that but yeah that was um hysterical yeah and my wife is from Europe and she's completely dropped the accent yes. now which I'd love to understand how that happened uh, I don't know if it's like a covered thing. Well, I mean, it could just be for the show, but also like throughout the movies, it got lighter. Well, that's one thing that people have made comments about is that she loses her accent in the movies and they think that it's going to come back. She's probably using the super American accent just to completely blend in into Westview. But as things start to break down, I think we'll start to hear way, way more of that accent start to come back out. Yeah. And there was honestly a point where she was a little flustered speaking to Agnes, I think, when they exchanged the rabbit. And she said Agnes in a way that almost sounded like a light accent. Yep. And so that's also one thing. I mean, it's a logical thing that she would start to lose her accent where she was in Sokovia for her entire life. And then now she's in America with the Avengers. Um, so she's been around people with American accents at that point. The accent thing is probably the choice of the director at the time. And so they, is it, is it Mr. and Mrs. Hart that makes the comment about her outfit? It's Miss Hart, right? Uh, I think so. But yeah, when Wanda's in like the, the lingerie stuff, it's kind of a, a meta commentary on the fact that Wanda's tatas have always been out in all of the MCU movies. And Elizabeth Olsen made a comment about that. I don't remember if it was in the Endgame presser or if it was recent, more recent in the WandaVision presser stuff. But it was like, yeah, I look around and all the other women are like covered up, but I look down and it's like, oh, hey, cleavage. One thing I think when we get Wanda's like full on outfit, she'll be very much covered up in that. But I also think that obviously it worked for the plot of the episode, but I think that her being exposed like that, that's one of the things I liked is it's, it's like that old like 1950s lingerie where she still has on like a full whole entire dress and then like a shawl over top of it. And like, you can see cleavage and that was lingerie back in the 50s. <laughs> yeah, she's gasping. Oh yes, I uh, love it so much. Um, My wife is from Europe, he says in his British accent. So I got a kick out of that. Uh, we don't break bread with Bolsheviks. It was like, setting the scene. Very fitting for that time and, and setting up Mr. Hart's character because he does seem like mm -hmm. an asshole. Bettany and Olsen together are just so good. It's everything. The banter is magical. Both literally and, and metaphorically because they're doing yeah. magic stuff and it's hysterical. Yeah. Absolutely. This is really one of my favorite things is like, I need like all sitcoms now to have like an element of magic or superhero in them. Like, especially when we get to this second episode and they go to the magic show and Vision's drunk and starts just flamboyantly using his powers in front of everyone. <laughs> Oh, but yeah. When when he uh, is talking to her in the kitchen about her outfit, he's like, "That's stunning." <laughs> and you just hear how bad he wants her. Yes, I believed it. I believed the shit out of that, and I loved he's like, it. He's like, "Yo, babe, like I want you, I want to take you on the counter right now, but we got the boss and the wife. His wife are out there. We we got to do dinner first. We have business to but attend. But tonight we're gonna revisit this, and I think that's probably how episodes two starts, doesn't it? Yeah. With them in bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah. Does. Yeah. yeah. 
bloody uh-huh. heck, even more linear than we anticipated. But yeah, and so I mean, this is is we get into the the whole. Oh, Wanda thought we were doing anniversary stuff, but now I've got to cook dinner, and I don't know how to cook dinner, and. It looks like it's going to cause an issue for the night, but of course at this point Agnes pops back up, which kind of seems to be her thing is that like whenever Wanda needs something, she shows up. She seems like she's driving plot forward whenever Wanda starts to separate from the sitcom reality and start veering back towards real reality. It seems like Agnes is snatching her back, which I do think is going to lead a lot of people to think that she's the villain like we talked about last week. But I think that she's doing this because she knows that it's safer to keep the reality stable and to keep Wanda in it than it is to allow anyone to pull her out of it for any reason because if she is Agatha Harkness she understands and that's one thing that I've been looking up recently some of like Wanda's more comic book background stuff and she has access to chaos magic yes that was her mutant trait yes and so that may be that this is either her mutant trait in the MCU or she has access to like infinity stone magic because she got her powers from an infinity stone she's using magic and doesn't realize she's using magic she thinks she's just using her innate power she got from the infinity stone but also has access to like this super crazy magic and agnes knows that that unleashed without wanda being able to control it is disastrous for everyone so to keep the reality intact is how we avoid releasing that chaos upon the world and i think that agnes will do a good job but obviously as wanda and vision get deeper into this and i'm sure that next episode they're going to start questioning like yo how did you get pregnant that fast like why are you so far along and it looks like we may even get the babies next episode yeah so yeah it just seems like whenever things start to go wrong that agnes shows back up to keep Wanda on the right track. Mm-hmm. Keep her from getting exposed or whatever. But also, is is that Wanda triggering Agnes to come back the same way that at the end of the second episode? Again, I do think that Agnes has more autonomy than other people, but is she still under some kind of control from Wanda? So when Wanda needs something, because Agnes has more autonomy, that's who Wanda subconsciously calls, oh, I need to make dinner, and Agnes shows up. Well, Agnes was there earlier knowing that she was supposed to be having some sort of event. Did Wanda call her? Cause, cause I, th- she comes back. I mean, it, it's, I think we're. Of course I had what you need. Yes. And I, but I think we're like led to believe. I don't think we see Wanda call Agnes, but she's also the next door neighbor. So she, uh, see, I, I just, I, I don't know. We don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Suspect. Suspect. And yes, Lil, like Agnes, like, why do you have a four course meal at the house? Lobster, too, and steak. And she says, this meal can be ready in a snap, knowing that it's like a ridiculous multiple course meal. Yes. No, it cannot no. unless you have magic. Yes. Are you alluding that you know that Wanda can use magic so you know you can get this done in a snap? In a snap. That's why I think she's in a snap. Full autonomy and she's just kind of playing along with it. I think that that's why she constantly says she talks about her husband, Ralph, and that she doesn't have a husband in. In the reality, but talks about her husband all the time because you need to have a husband to fit into this idyllic, you know what I'm saying, little neighborhood, right? So she does have autonomy, but doesn't have a husband. So she's just always like, ah, my husband, Ralph, and we're never going to meet him. He doesn't exist. And no, no, he's not. No, he's not Mephisto. No, no, no. He just doesn't exist. We don't like ugly theories around here. So no, it's not Mephisto. If it's anything like Agatha Harkness, we're just never going to find out about a husband. She may have had one at some point. We're never going to know who the fuck he was if that's the case. It doesn't matter. It's about Agatha or Agnes. 
Jermaine and Jack. It's a fucking Bismarck Key song up in this bitch. Agnes dies in the comics, though, and I hope that doesn't happen in this. I know. I don't even want to talk about it. We won't right now. So Agnes is in the kitchen with Wanda, giving her the recipe cards, mm-hmm. and then she drops a pot. And to me, the look on her face felt way too deliberate after she did it. And we see her, I didn't really notice it too much until like my third or fourth watch, but we see her make that face a couple times looking like, oh, is anybody going to see that I just did something uncouth? So that's another part where I was wondering about a trigger or is she trying to make things easier for Wanda essentially by triggering something, whether it's triggering something for Wanda or Vision, something for the hearts or maybe everybody. But I, I don't remember exactly where that lines up with Mrs. Hart feeling like dizzy. And we assume it's from hunger. But I I also also think it could be because Wanda was freaking out trying to make dinner and the pot starts to boil at one point. And that's when I think almost exactly when Miss Hart is like, yo, I don't feel well. Um, So it... it, And that is after Agnes Agnes left. Yes. Yes. Because she's actually cooking the dinner at that point. Yes. And she's using her magic and then she starts to freak out a little bit. And that's when... One, when Miss Hart tries to open the the yeah. thing and then Vision starts dancing and then she starts talking about she doesn't feel well. And then eventually Wanda brings out breakfast for dinner. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, too, that this is a really cute and light way of showing us that Wanda does not have control of her powers. Or at least not full control. Yes. Because obviously she's able to do things. And we had a couple little clumsy things when she was cleaning up that she was able to remedy mm-hmm. in the in the opening scene. Yep. but. This is definitely showing like, oh, she's not really totally up to snuff. She can do a bunch of stuff, but she's not used to doing a bunch of stuff magically at once, you know? Yeah. I mean, you definitely see that come to the forefront, especially when she thinks that she's going to get caught doing that. I mean, obviously, they want to make sure that they're fitting in. And if somebody opened the kitchen curtains and she had pots flying everywhere, uh, it might give you away. But then that's when Vision jumps up at the other side of the couch and starts singing and both of them turn and watch him. Miss Hart walks back over there and Mr. Hart's just sitting there watching him and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And that's when, after he does that is when Mr. Hart starts talking about this night's not up to snuff. It's after Wanda has freaked out with the magic a little bit because she thought she was going to get caught. I think Vision runs in the kitchen at one point and that's when she throws the lobsters out. Lobsters, yeah. Oh, well, that's when he's going to be tenderizing the meat. So this is a little bit later on because again, we have a thump, thump. And this is... I I wasn't sure if Agnes had dropped the pot to test Mm -hmm. Wanda to see if she reacted to loud noises or if she activated something because she didn't really react to the pot. But when Vision was slamming the meat with the tenderizer in the other room, it looked like it was making her head ring. Like it looked like it was triggering something in her. Yep, that right there. And it also, we get those thumps in the second episode when they're up in bed. Uh And I think that is people on the outside of the reality physically knocking on the energy barrier that's there be it a physical person sword agent touching it or like what it was that night was probably that's when that helicopter that we were talking about before we started recording is probably like a drone of some variety and they were trying to test the borders of her reality and it eventually hit it a couple of times and then eventually falls in there and that's when she finds it the next morning so those loud noises are probably we'll probably see loud noises be the thing that kind of draws wanda out of the reality and i think a lot of times that's when agnes will show back up or something bad is going to happen at that point because then when we get to the dinner scene i mean we've got the wine and that's one thing that people have been talking about from since the trailer came out that that 
is a large indicator that this show may be revolving around some kind of House of M adaptation and the wine was one of those big clues. I think it's really interesting because so it's Maison du Mepri. Mepri means contempt. So of course like we're gonna think House of M but 1953 is the year and Mephisto first appeared in the comics in 1953. Oh wow. And I think contempt and like a devil a Mephistopheles Mephisto figure would go well together so I feel like that was meant to make people think House of M but it's real really a a nod to Mephisto showing up. Got you. I know. I mean, that makes complete and total sense because I did see people when that, when the wine bottle was seen in the trailer, there were theories floating around it, but they largely revolved around the name and and it being close to House of M. I didn't see much about the year and I definitely didn't see anybody pull that was the year that Mephisto uh, first appeared in the comics. So that's that's interesting. That's a, that's, I mean, that's a pretty good piece of supporting evidence for you and being right that Mephisto shows up. Hey, but yeah, we'll talk more about why we think Mephisto is probably going to make yeah. an appearance because more of that comes up a little bit later. But yeah, so the wine's floating in and pouring as the boss is alluding to the lack of control in the house. Look around your house. There's all this chaos yep. <laughs> getting all huffed. And like, yeah, there is like Wanda and Vision are making it work from what we've seen but like literally barely vision barely keeps it yes they barely keep it together before we get to dinner and then we get to dinner and the first thing uh miss hart asks is where are y'all from she just lets them rip why don't you have kids and they don't really say anything and then mr hart gets upset and then he starts beating on the table and starts asking those questions. Mm -hmm. There's that rhythmic sound again. Yes, and so I really think that that's going to be something that probably going to be one of the last things we hear before Wanda is completely snapped out of the reality. What exactly those poundings are, if it's somebody trying to get into the reality, if it's Wanda getting too close in her mind to the truth of something and that's like the blood pounding in her head, trying to get her to like stay away from it. I definitely think that that rhythmic intonation is, is... Something that's either keeping Wanda in this reality or is going to be something that snaps her out of it. And it's probably going to be the latter because the pounding usually comes when people are questioning her about the legitimacy of the reality itself. And he was also getting increasingly agitated, which there are a few different theories that I have on what's going on with the people in the town. But if somehow this person is someone who's unaffiliated with S.W.O.R.D. or unaffiliated with this quote-unquote case, we'll call it, who might have gotten put into this reality somehow because they were within the vicinity or whatever. Yep, yep, yep. And his reality is breaking a little bit, too, because he's getting agitated. Okay, and getting okay. And that gets him closer to also breaking, and the fact that everybody in the rhythmic pounding is breaking Wanda, like, it's all kind of breaking down Got you. together, yep. maybe. That's... That's a great theory because we've seen in the trailer that one woman that's like hanging the laundry up that we're probably going to see either in the next episode or the fourth episode. Because I think it's when one our vision has they have the Halloween costumes on and he's walking down the street and looks to his left and sees that woman. And one, it doesn't really look like she's moving and she's hanging laundry. And then you can see a tear come down her face. And then the only thing that makes me think that Agnes doesn't have full autonomy within the reality is from the trailer when she freaks out and realizes that vision is with the Avengers. If she has full autonomy, she knows that Vision and Wanda are Avengers. But also, they consistently use trailers in the MCU to misdirect people. I was just gonna say, they could have tried to mislead us too. That's why I'm not completely sold on Agnes having full autonomy. I think that's probably more likely the case, or that she at least has 
a much better grasp on things that's going on than the other people and will come out of it way faster than other folks. Like she may still be trapped somehow. Yes. And that's the thing is I think that, like you said, some people buy into the reality a little bit better, but as Wanda and Vision can't explain important things about the reality and especially the children, it seems, it makes the other residents of Westview start to freak out as well. And I think that that could be what ends up breaking the reality too, is that enough people start to realize that something's going wrong. And if there is not enough belief in the reality, it kind of just collapses on itself at that point. It's a tulpa. Yes. I was trying to think of the name because shout out to Supernatural. (laughs) It's on one of the Supernatural episodes. I love that show. Oh, shout so out much. to last podcast on the left for me. Bet, 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 bet. <laughs> it's definitely a tulpa that without the belief, it just doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And so he just like starts choking. And I don't really even think that he was like eating when he started choking. He just started questioning Wanda and then something bad happened to him. Yeah, he was getting all worked up. And so could that potentially be like you just said, he was starting to snap back into real reality. And perhaps when he got trapped in the reality, he was eating food and is kind of like in a stasis at this point in the real world. And as he started to come out of the reality, the food was caught in his throat. So he started choking in real life. And that's why he just falls out in the reality. Yeah, it was hard to tell what the piece of food or whatever was that Vision pulled out because we we heard breakfast for dinner. I couldn't tell if it was. I think it, I was about to say, I think it was a large sauce. But I mean, like, who just like literally like swallows a whole piece of sausage that's going to get stuck in your throat? I know you might, but not me. (laughs) Not for free, babe. Not for free. That's my girl. Please don't cut that. (laughs) Oh, I absolutely am not going to cut that. Yes. Absolutely not. No. Yes. So then, I mean, he's choking and then Miss Hart just starts like freaking out. This is when we see somebody become literally the skip on the record. Yes. But she, oh God, she really nailed it too, because she gets increasingly, also increasingly agitated and upset, but she can't, she wants to say something else, but she can't. She's saying, help me, help him, help us something, but she's not able to actually vocalize that. Yes. And what if it is again, that something is going on in the real world and that's when they got snapped in, she's freaking out like... Like that and as the reality starts to collapse a little bit her real emotions start to come back in the camera changes a little bit when real reality sets in it happens in the first and the second episode yeah it makes you uncomfortable yes it's really close like tight shots it's really <sighs> off-putting and everything goes on a little too long so they really make you uncomfortable yes and that's one of the things that that really has made me i tweeted this this was like my non-spoiler review on twitter was that WandaVision is a thriller wrapped in Mm -hmm. sitcom parodies that looks poised to devolve into like a whole entire horror show. That scene alone, just the impending doom that you feel in those 30 or 40 seconds, because like you said, 30 or 40 seconds doesn't sound like a long time, but that's actually like a long time for one scene like that where someone's choking to just go on. And then Wanda is like, Vision, help him. And is that also a reference to potentially Vision being held up in Hannah's Thanos' hand, like getting choked out before he pulls the stone out of his face. Definitely. Yes, definitely. So again, like, is this trauma bubbling up for Wanda or is this something that's happening within or without? That's interesting because that's... When, the rhythmic sound again yes. is when that kind of past trauma has been coming up. Mm, I'm curious what really triggers the traumatic stuff to come back up. It's clearly, yeah. obviously, that rhythmic sound, but what is triggering that to make Wanda... You know what I'm saying? Subconsciously start to do that. I, it's 
they've done such a good job keeping mm. keeping us in the dark. But yeah, it's so crazy. Like he uses his powers and then Mr. Hart gets back up and then they just leave. Like nothing fucking happened. Like they don't even finish dinner. They don't have a conversation. They did. They had like a minute conversation about what was going on. They ate dinner for like a total of like three minutes and he spent like a third of that dying. And then they're like, all right, deuces, we're out. And I was like, wait. What? Yeah. Huh? That's another thing that you were saying about the horror show, too. It's that quiet horror that makes you really uncomfortable and you can't walk away from it right away. Yes. You have to, like, process it and stuff. Yes, it's not going to be, like, big, scary monsters, but that just sense of doom and dread and that something terrible is hovering right over them. And it's both out of our eye shot as the audience and out of their eye shot as the characters that we're watching. And yeah. it's it's truly, it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> yeah. It's this terrifying when we have no information. Imagine if we get confirmation that it's Mephisto doing this or Nightmare doing this. At that point, now you've got the real implications of what that villain's power set could be and what they're really about to put them through. Oh, man. Yeah. I I just really don't want to see her lose vision again. So that's kind of why I'm, I I lean on, I, I kind of like the theory of perhaps she made a deal to reanimate vision and that vision is actually back and that there's a good possibility that he could make it he he wouldn't have to well i mean also what if she did make a deal and then she makes the reality to protect everyone and then mephisto does get into the reality and it's like all right you can either keep vision or you can keep the kids or he's swindling it he says that the deal's going to be one way and he does a loophole thing because we all know that every demon Devil ever in life yes story yes has been famous for yes yeah. and then also like it that can be what mephisto wants to do but what's the grim reaper trying to do like wanda has to be calling the attention of interdimensional otherworldly type beings with the amount yeah. of power she's that she's emanating weapon and she has the breadth and depth and strength of the powers that we think that she has yep. that we're hopefully going to see more of yep then yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't. Everybody would want to be after her, especially when she's got nothing to lose. Yep, 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 yep. Anymore, especially with with Wanda's arc, it is very emotional. Yeah, and I I would not be surprised if we see a villain who's seeing or has seen what she's been yep. through emotionally and says, "I'm going to capitalize yep. on that." And Nightmare and Mephisto both are great villains for that. But I'm really starting to lean more to the idea that it doesn't have to be. Mephisto or Grim Reaper or Nightmare. Like the that one meme, like, why not all? <laughs> yeah. It can be both things or it can be all the things. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, with the the runtime of three movies, there's totally room to do that. And I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, cause that's one thing that I was thinking about is I think that this will give us a good idea of like what to kind of expect from other MCU Disney plus shows. Yeah. The episode length and stuff is going to vary based on the different shows, but most of them are going to get six hours worth of content. And in six hours, how much should we expect them to do? Like in WandaVision, are we going to have like three little episode arcs? Is there going to be like a couple things that happen over like the course of an episode? And then there's like one big narrative that goes over the whole thing. Right. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's how the villains are handled, too. If, for example, Grim Reaper, Nightmare, whomever comes in first and they kind of take him down, quote unquote. Because yep. I, I think we could probably see any of these villains that we're yep. about to see pop back up again. 
But yeah, they take this first villain down thinking he's the villain when yep. really somebody else is overarching, either doing something worse or doing something in conjunction, you know. That would be great. Like I said, I thought we were going to get six episodes of like the sitcom stuff. So like, what if we get six episodes of the sitcom stuff and then the end of that episode is kind of like they beat like the lower level bad guy, right? And so we yeah. think that the next episode, we're going to be like in regular time. And then the episode starts and we're back in like modern family WandaVision. That would be really cool. This obviously is a structure we've never seen for a show before. That's really cool. And I, it's, it's just, you can just go so many, so many ways with it. So many ways. There's just so much you can do. That's the thing is, is it's hard to predict because we don't have any kind of template for what to expect villain wise. Should we expect like three like big time villains? Should we expect one big time villain with like some lackeys? In Falcon of the Winter Soldier, I think we're going to meet a lot of like mercenary villain like teams rather than just villains. We don't have the template for this, so there's no telling what we're going to get. We're just as much in the dark with this as Wanda and Vision are in both the actual narrative sense and in a meta what is this show going to do and become sense? So I think that's really intentional by the showrunners and Absolutely. the mystique and the marketing they've done with this show. So they've, it's, I again have no idea where we're going, but I am so down for this ride. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful ride and one that was sorely needed. Yes, definitely. Definitely. We needed something to look forward to. For. Yes. So yes. So yes, they go ahead and they just leave and I don't understand that at all like they just left well it's, it's also interesting with what you said earlier about wanda maybe not being able to fill the gap mm -hmm. of what's supposed to happen at certain events because she's never had a dinner party before yeah yeah no her family was torn up they were living in sokovia i'm sure they didn't have the boss over for mm -mm, dinner. definitely not damn streets with her brother for a while so <sighs> it could be something to do with that but then i it's also just like everybody breaking like what was this reset yes. so we see her reset yeah episode two yep what triggers the reset we see her say no and voluntarily reset it but did she do it by accident at the dinner party and not realize and then after doing it a couple of times see by the end of that episode that she could do it actually do it yeah maybe she always kind of knew she could, could do it subconsciously yep. Shove, yep. yeah but yeah this takes us into the end of the episode which was amazing I told you we'd get some, we'd get some blissful Wanda and, and Vision, oh. like domestic, you know, saying happy blissful scenes before shit gets really <laughs> ugly. And we definitely got one. We need a story. And she's just like, oh, dude, it makes the rings. I, I think I texted you right when I watched it uh -huh. that as soon as the, the ting when the rings appeared, involuntary ovarian drive yep. I saw by instantly went, oh, yep. that's the exact noise I make when that happens. So like, when something beautiful like that happens or a woman walks by and I like get the, the faint whiff of a newborn baby on the wind, like there's something that happens as a woman when you hit 30 to your body that you cannot control. <laughs> and for me, it usually manifests in. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, that's I not. I feel like that's the response every time I send you pictures of my niece. Yes, it literally, oh my god, yeah. she's so cute. She's so cute. Super biased, but my niece is one of the cutest babies I have ever seen in my entire life. But yep, I mean, they do the rings, and then, and they lived happily ever after, and I was like, ha 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 ha, no they don't. I know! And then, so, I'm really curious about this hexagon shape that we keep seeing. 
Oh, I didn't even notice. Watch that. it next time. I did when they zoom out in the last scene, but that's I didn't notice it otherwise. I think there have been three different instances where we've seen that hexagon shape. Yeah. Two at the close of both the episodes, and there's one other one I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. But we uh we see the zoom out in the hexagon to the sword, what looks like a security office yep. with sword logos on the TVs. And just like you have in here, the first thing I said is that is that our girl uh is that Darcy? Is that my yeah. is that my other wife? <laughs> I love her so much. God, I love her She's so much. So She's so funny in this. One, how are they watching this? Like, how are you actually watching it on a television? Like, I, I, it, like you're watching it like a TV. Like, is Wanda like actually like? Did she make the sitcom reality and then it's like literally actually streaming her own sitcom reality? How arrogant do you have to be to stream yourself? <laughs> as, as I talked about listening to myself earlier this week. <laughs> As we're literally recording ourselves and I'm constantly sifting through our voices and things like, oh. you, I've been modeling for a long time too. And sometimes I have to pick my own proofs or do my own edits. Mm-hmm. I'm so fucking sick of looking at my face, yeah, dude. I'm over I, it. I'm so fucking sick of looking at oh my, my God. face. But yeah, so I mean, it, it could be, I have no, I don't have any explanation for how how the sword agent's watching it. And it could be Darcy. It could just be, you know, sword agent three. Um, I, I don't know that that really is what matters. I think the fact that sword has access to inside of the reality is what is the important piece that we get from that. For sure. And that they're monitoring for whatever reason they think this is important. Yes. And so, I mean, it's, it looks like shield is trying to get into the reality for whatever reason. Sorry. And, sword is trying to get into um the reality for whatever reason and they're using a bunch of different methods i mean they're obviously gonna have the the best technological advances so i think that we're gonna see monica get pushed out of the reality next episode and then that like i said the first three or four episodes are gonna be just like wanda and vision in the reality and then towards the end of three and i think probably like we'll probably get like seven or eight minutes of of sword content in the third episode and then i wouldn't be surprised if we jump to getting somewhere close to like a 60 40 split between time in wanda's reality and time outside with sword because i mean we've only got character posters for wanda vision monica and agnes and so we're at least i think we all think that agnes is gonna stay in the reality we know that monica gets pushed out of the reality so that gives us our view outside of wanda's reality and so i'm really curious to see if if monica already does have her powers or if um potentially getting pushed out of the the reality is what may have given her powers so misleading trailers in the past so that we may not know that she gets pushed out but i i'm with you i i think that makes the most sense i think it is what we'll see yeah because i mean we do have to have i know that we obviously have darcy and and jimmy woo that are are outside of the reality but i do think that we will have a viewpoint that has been both inside the reality and is outside the reality and um i do think that monica i'm almost certain that 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 is that Monica is going to get get pushed out of the reality. It it, it just makes sense to have someone. Yeah, because, I mean, we do have to have... I know that we obviously have Darcy and, and Jimmy Woo that are, are outside of the reality, but I do think that we will have a viewpoint 
that has been both inside the reality and is outside the reality. And I do think that Monica, I'm almost certain that, that, that is, that Monica is going to get, get pushed out of the reality. It, it, it just makes sense to have someone that probably is a high up in, in sword and will be able to give us some insight. I imagine that we'll get a sword flashback about how the reality came about. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some theories about, about, that towards the end here, but let's uh, jump into to episode two. Somehow we found a way to talk about this for four hours, so by default we made our first two-part episode. Expect part two by Wednesday night. We sincerely thank everyone for joining us. You can expect a new episode every Saturday or Sunday that covers the newest episode of WandaVision and this schedule will continue for all of the subsequent Disney plus MCU shows and possibly even some Mandalorian related Star Wars content. We do plan on doing character deep dives and review breakdowns of each movie from the Infinity Saga. We currently don't have a schedule for those releases but we will definitely keep y'all informed. The best way for y'all to keep up with us is to follow us over on Twitter at History of the MCU. You you can find me personally at Lord underscore Anarchy. You can find me on Twitter at Bloody Baroness, on Instagram at 280BPM Fingerblast. That is not a joke. And we have a new Discord server, uh, but I'm having some issues with those links expiring. So if you'd like to come and join our little community that we're building, shoot me a DM on either of the Twitter accounts and I will send you the invite link. Also, be sure to check out our website, historyofthemcu.com, as we will begin featuring new content on there weekly. And one of these days, I may even get around to posting the detailed breakdowns of all of the Iron Man armors. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, and we'll talk to you again next week. Special thanks to Girls Gone Canon, Not a Cast, Murphy's Multiverse, and Joe of Lich King for helping us get this done and get it out to you.